Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. We have reached the halfway point of the ATP Finals. Welcome to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from day four in Italy and get you caught up on everything in the world of tennis. Here's what's coming up over the next 30 minutes. While he's not playing in Torino, Carlos Alcaraz took center stage at the year-end finals. We celebrate the youngest man to finish the season at the top. Plus, more good news for Novak Djokovic. He has two wins from a record-tying sixth title at the finals and tells Prakash about heading down under. And speaking of Australia, our experts explain what to expect in the new United Cup that brings the top men and women together from each nation next year. Come on into the studio, Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Jim Courier, the Hall of Famer, our other Hall of Famer. Yeah, pull him in. Where'd Andy go? Oh, he's doing the Collingsworth slide. We need to do that more often. Is that Rod Stewart on the T-shirt as well? Rodders. So good. Yep. Rodders and Roddick. That's so good. That's the best start to the show we've had all week. Could be Vita Scarlice. It's close. Well done, Andy. Uh, back in 2003, our friend Andy finished as the year-end number one, but every season since then, it has been either Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, or Andy Murray. Until now, Carlos Alcaraz. He is the new year-end number one, broke the big four streak, gets a massive trophy. How about that? The youngest ever, Andy, Carlos Alcaraz, in Italy to accept the trophy. Yeah, I mean, this is just a big deal. I just shot through what we thought was potential, and we always use the thing. Maybe it's two or three years away. No, it was like two or three months away. He's just been a revelation this year. His maturity, the way he goes about it, getting through the physicality of his U.S. Open with back-to-back-to-back five setters and late nights, just maturity beyond his year. We knew the tennis ability was there. We didn't know how fast it would all come together. I don't know. The scary thing is I don't know that it's totally all put together yet. He is going to be an animal for a long time yeah I don't think that uh, that he's gonna play worse next year I think he'll play better I don't know that he'll finish number one in the world next year that yeah. remains to be seen with Novak having a lot more opportunity seemingly and, and not really slowing down at all we'll see but I think he can make better choices Andy that's the part where I think his game gets better is his shot selection his percentage tennis gets a little tighter and I think he he's got all the elements in play now it's just about Put them together the right way day in and day out. It's already amazing. It'll get better. But will Novak have a say? Yeah, absolutely. But that's scary to think, both Jim and Andy saying, this guy who's number one in the world, the first teenager ever to do it year-end, can get even better. Started the year at 32, 
the biggest jump to number one as well. Well, as Andy said earlier, there could be that argument. Novak Djokovic actually the best player in the world. He missed a bunch of events, missed two majors, looking for some revenge today against Andre Rublev, who had lost to him in the final of Belgrade this year, just the second time. Djokovic lost a 6-0 set in a decider. But Djokovic trying to qualify for his 11th semifinal at the year-end championships. Rublev going for his first, Andy, rematch from last year here when Djokovic only dropped five games. Yeah, and it's got to be a depressing thing when Novak, on top of everything else he does absolutely brilliantly, is not only spot serving, but just hitting flat out aces. You know, I, I, I by far, I think the best fast court player uh, in the world currently, as evidenced by his 15 million Wimbledon wins, uh, you know, but just in full flight here, start to finish, Steve. Uh, the two things normally is like, okay, maybe he has an off serving day and maybe he misses some forehands. He was hitting aces and just hitting winners off the forehand side. Uh, full flight, dominant, and definitely looks fresher physically and mentally than the rest of the tour, who obviously played a much more aggressive schedule for different reasons than Novak did this year. When you're losing points like this, if you're Rublev, it is just a depressing place to be, and he decides to yell at his hands and hit himself in the head for a little bit. I don't know that that helped much, but Novak... Maybe the best match I've seen him play this year, and that's saying something, uh, obviously, because he's already won a major. And he agreed with you. He said after, one of the best matches of the year, without a doubt, once again, only drops five games at the finals to Andre Rublev. Just six unforced errors to get his 43rd win in just over an hour. 12 aces, only lost two points on his first serve, didn't face a break point, and also won nearly half of his return points. Djokovic sharing his thoughts with Prakash after. You will for sure be able to compete in Australia, which we're all thrilled about. Was that a, was that a tough process, and, a, and how hungry are you going to be coming back in 23? Uh, I'm very hungry. <laughs> very hungry, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased uh, to, to get the permission. Uh, I'm very happy and uh, want to thank the Australian government for removing the ban and allowing me, granting me the visa to, to enter Australia. You know, that has been the country that where I've had the best Grand Slam results in my career, had some of the most beautiful memories on the court. We'll go for his 10th title down under. Meantime, the match we just saw, 11th meeting between Daniil Medvedev and Stefano Tsitsipas. Medvedev has won 7 of 10, but Tsitsipas, Jim, took the most recent match. This one was fun to watch. Yeah, and, and he took the same tactics in this match he used in that win in Cincinnati this summer, and that was getting to the net. And he was highly effective all match long. Won 30 out of 37 net approaches against Medvedev. Very, very smart and astute, but it wasn't easy. This second set tiebreak was kind of amazing. C2 Pass had three match points in it, but Medvedev was able to save them and eventually get it to go his way. Here was one of them. Good overhead, some amazing defense as well from Tsitsipas. This overhead, 117 miles an hour, got the job done to keep it going, and the Medvedev would finish it off here, serving at 12-11 and send it into a third set. And he barely missed a first serve after this. I mean, Medvedev had all the momentum going into a third set, coming off of those match points saved. And Tsitsipas would eventually look a little bit down. And he, surprisingly, was able to break back when Medvedev served for the match. They went into the tiebreak, and then Medvedev gave it to him. That was another surprise. There were lots of surprises here. 
Tsitsipas went great at the net there, but the, the break points in the tiebreak that you didn't see were all unforced errors from Nevedev. So, listen, Tsitsipas should have won it in two sets. Did the right thing most of the match tactically. Got the reward. Nevedev a little unpredictable and unreliable at times. Second straight win for Tsitsipas over Medvedev. Took five match points. You see the numbers pretty close, except for the one that Jim pointed out earlier. 30 of 37 approaches to the net. Won by Stefano Tsitsipas. Andy, when you think about this match, and the way that Tsitsipas was able to serve in volley to a great advantage over Medvedev, what stood out to you? Well, one, I think the serve and volley tactic is, is the kind of book is out that that's an effective tactic if you can execute it uh, against Medvedev. But I think it actually has a cumulative effect uh, as well on, on strategy. I've never seen Medvedev opt out of so many rallies at crucial stages uh, in matches. I know Jim is, has mentioned it throughout the years that he kind of goes with the confuse and conquer method when it gets a little tight sometimes. But in that third set breaker, just maybe because he wasn't getting into those rallies on, on Steph's serve very often, he found himself in backhand cross-court rallies, which, listen, he wasn't opting out of those against Novak in a U.S. Open final in Novak's prime, right? But he was opting out of them today. I'm wondering if there's a cumulative effect of not getting into those rallies consistently throughout the match that is causing him a little bit of pause. But Props to Steph for really sticking to it and going with the winning tactic, opening up the court, finding space on the volley, and basically giving himself a bit of a breather more often uh, in this match with Medvedev. And Medvedev's got a lot to think about in the offseason. I know he has one more match here, but lost a lot of close matches on some surfaces that he really likes towards the end of the season. Yeah, and, and he expressed his frustration to his team, too, which, which is something that happens from time to time with him. But the frustration for him should come from his shot selection. I think just making some poor choices at the right time and not trusting himself, uh, just exactly what Andy's saying. But for Tsitsipas, I like a lot of what I'm seeing with Mark Filipousis coming into his camp and adding a little more variation uh, to what he can bring to the table. We know he, he's got a lot of options. Now he's using more of them. Uh, he's got Rublev next to, to try and get into the semifinals. We'll see how that goes in a couple of days' time. This is what we love to see because it's a real-life quarterfinal. You win, you're in, and then you're into the semifinals. So it's like anything else, Stefano Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev, Andy. It is 6-4 head-to-head for Steph, including twice this year. Which way is it going to go? I actually love the, what I've seen from Tsitsipas this week. I, I think generally he's been given more credit than he's earned at this point in his career on fast surfaces. This specific tournament, I love what I've seen from on a quicker surface. Played a pretty good match against Novak the other day and is committed to the process. Like Jim mentioned, Philip Hussis is in his ear a little bit about getting forward in that transition, and he's kind of uh, really improved that Federer forehand where all of a sudden he's three steps inside of the baseline taking your time away. Uh, I think Jim called him the time thief today, which I thought was perfect. But I like what I've seen from Sitsipas on faster surfaces. People have kind of tried to make him into a Wimbledon contender when he, he's never really had the results on grass before. I like what I'm seeing uh, from him on a fast surface right now, and I think I like him against Rublev to get through. I like him too. I think the second serve of Rublev is such an opportunity, and, and that will be a relief when you come up uh, 
I guess we're leaving the jib and going there. I'm just going to follow the cameras. In any case, that's a little inside TV for you. But I like the second serve opportunity for Steph. I think that Rublev makes about 55% of first serves in play, goes for big first serves, and gives you those second serve looks. And that's when you can pounce. That's the weakest shot in this tournament. It's the weakest shot in the top 10. It's an opportunity, and it's also a stress reliever in a lot of ways because Tsitsipas can start those points on his terms, something he wasn't able to do, Steve, against Medvedev today. Weakest shot in the tournament, the Rublev second the serve. We on the jib We're now? back on the jib. All right, there we go. The jib you camera. Nope, now you're, now you're on one. <laughs> this is fun. All right, I've enjoyed my last TC Live. It's been great being with you. Bye right, so, now. I, I got I to gotta tell you, it's much easier on Zoom, Jim. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. The single camera and the T-shirt. And, you, yeah, you don't need a suit. You, don't, I mean, yeah. you can have the Sweetens Cove on the side and all breaks. Right, so it's, right. it's good life That's over it. there. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, by the way, loving life in Torino. But will he and Tanasi Kokonakis be able to hang around for the weekend? We got doubles highlights straight ahead. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Jim, Andy, Steve back on TC Live. Cannot wait for this. Tennis Channel celebrating the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer. It's an all-day marathon featuring some of their most memorable matches. Monday, November 21st, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Now, for all we know, Andy Roddick could be Skyping in from Italy. So Fox Weather, prepare to forecast for him in Torino. I'm Fox Weather's Jason Fraser, and here's tomorrow's Nito ATP Finals forecast. So we're looking at the weather outside of the stadium in Italy, 53 degrees and partly cloudy skies. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV devices. Thank you, Jason. All right, double teams playing for a semifinal spot. Wesley Kulhoff, Nikola Mektic, they won the title together in 2020. Today, Jim, they are across the net from each other. Yep. Mektic and Mate Pavic facing the top seeds, Kulhoff and Neil Skepsky. Mektic Pavic off to a, a quick start here, up 5-3 in the opening set. Going to work. And they would get that secured. 6-4 in the opening set. Not a lot between these teams in the second set, though. But the crowd, they're loving it. Come early and see these doubles players. They are incredible talents. The hand skills, the court coverage, the teamwork. And Mektik Pavic just creating a little bit of space in the tiebreak. Three match points here. And, yes, that is well done there. So they are 2-0, and and they are into the semifinals now. I believe that's a good start for them. Yep. Straight set win gets the Croatians into the final four. Meantime... The Aussie champs, Nick Kyrgios, Tanasi Kokonakis, going for their first win at the finals against Ivan Dodig and Austin Krychek, Andy. Yeah, I just can't stop looking at Kokonakis' hair, but I guess there was a match also. And you see the racket skills of Kyrgios never in question. And these guys are trying to kind of find some form here. They don't play often. And you see Kyrgios with the speed here, and he's like, I'm mad! I should have made that, Steve! I don't miss that! But the technique... Flawless. Yeah, that, that's one. the Roddick slam and, technique. 
and, and, and on we go. And Kyrgios, listen, in full flight, I think he's the best player on the court. And he's back. He's like, I'm, now I'm happy. And I'm super excited. Cheer for me, Italy. Anyways, but Kokonakis has a good forehand, too. Inside out, he gets in on it a little bit also. Love to see the energy. You know Kyrgios is going to close it out on serve. And he's excited again. Uh, they, won, <laughs> they won nine of the last ten points. He actually put on Instagram the caption, Few can get the crowd going like me. Just being honest. Still alive with my broski. And yes, they are still alive. One and one looking to make the semifinals in Torino. And we've got much more straight ahead. It was a historic win, but the celebration was also the stuff of legend. We'll explain why Belinda Bencic was thinking about Roger Federer at the King Cup. Welcome back to TC Live. They are debuting next season. A new event. It is called the United Cup. It's like the old Hotman Cup but with ranking points and big money, Jim. 11 teams of men and women. You play three cities across Australia, two men's singles matches, two women's singles matches, and then mixed doubles in the best-of-five match format. This replaces the ATP Cup, which was a terrific event as well played in, in those three cities outside of COVID times, and I think this will be a fantastic start to the season. What does tennis do better than any other sport? Combines the best men and women and puts them in one place. This is a great way to get us going towards the first major of the season. It's great for the players because they get a guarantee of a couple of matches at the, at, right at the start of the tournament. Giant money, big points available. I don't see a downside to this event unless you're not invited. And I just got my Australian visa today, so I'll be in Sydney. Where are you going to be, Andy? <laughs> I'll probably be right here, Jim. You're the man down there, Jim, taking all of the commentating jobs, all of them, when he goes down to Australia. Nothing left for anyone else. But, uh, listen, this is a great event. Uh, look, a tip of the cap to the Hopman Cup. The only downside that I can see, Jim, is if you don't want to leave your house somewhere around December 22nd to start the new year, right? But if you're Keenan, if you're ready to go, and if you've had enough rest slash had enough training, this is a win for everyone. We know the Aussies love their summer of tennis down there, and uh, this is just a great thing to see. And I love that they sprinkle it across three separate cities, and uh, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, and, and your, your station there got a new, the new contract, right? Channel 9? Channel 9, yeah. Yep. Yep. Another, like, decade. This, team USA. Out there. this is Team USA. We got nice. Jess Pagula, Madison Keys, one of the top two ranked players, and then Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo on the men's side. But then we got some youngsters. We got some double specialists. Desiree Krabcheck, major champion yep. in mixed. Yep. Now, the mix is going to be really interesting, and that will be the deciding point if it comes down to it. So uh, um, these guys are going to be in Sydney, too. I'll get to see all their matches. Fired up to see them. They'll play Germany and the Czech Republic. Depth matters. America has depth. They'll be a contender. What better way to start off the season? So, so Christmas if, here or Christmas in Australia? I'll leave it on 26. But if you can't do it via Zoom like Andy, just get on the plane and go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we enter the social net, take a look at this. Belinda Bencic helped lead Switzerland to its first Billie Jean King Cup title this past weekend. And to celebrate, she recreated the pose Roger Federer made over Stan Wawrinka when they won the Olympics in 2008. Oh, cool. The too hot to handle yep. over Jill Teichman. How cool is that? The Swiss flambe. That's what this one is. Pretty spectacular. What moments for both of them. Things they'll never forget. Doing it for your nation and for your teammates is truly special.
I, I love kind of the historical recognition when it comes to, you know, 14 years later, still kind of paying homage to, you know, one of the most important figures in, in Swiss sports history with Roger and Stan. I, I think this is so cool. I think the, the, the momentary awareness, uh, awareness of the moment is very cool as well. And listen, I, I, I hope this was just the beginning of some well-deserved fun for them that night. Belinda called it the Fedrica. Fedrinka is, is what they, they, they did there. We'll call this the, the Benman, Teichman, yeah. and, and Benchett teaming it. up. Uh, how about Mattress Mac? Won a record $75 million betting on his Houston Astros to win the World <laughs> Series. Here is $10 million of that. And this is like Andy Roddick when he wins things. In a wheelbarrow to his private jet. This is fantastic. We were lucky enough to have Mattress Mac involved in tennis for what seemed like a too short amount of time. Brought, uh, it felt like every two weeks we were playing something in Houston, whether it was the U.S. Clay Court or the year-end championships that we are now covering. Uh, this week he had the Davis Cup tie, always full of energy, always so committed to the community of Houston. And, you know, believe it or not, he's a sneaky great marketer because we're still talking about him on a tennis show, even though this money was won on baseball. Listen, t Tennis Channel founder Steve Bellamy tells a story of how we would not exist without Mattress Mac helping to keep us on basic cable in the early days. So thank you, Mac. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without him. An amazing promoter is right. Someone who, who fell in love with tennis. He and his wife built a beautiful club there in Houston. Andy played the tournament I don't know how many times. I was there a few times. Look, he, he's been a force, uh, a force of nature and a force for good philanthropically in Houston. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for, uh, for taking down the, the gambling dough. But more than that, all that he does in Houston for everyone around him. He just put... And that is important. I'll, I'll give a, a quick story real quick, Steve. So I was playing the uh, clay courts in 2002. I wasn't old enough to rent a car, so they let me borrow one of their cars. And so uh, I said, I'm having so much fun with this. His wife's name is Linda. Lovely lady. I said, you know, she goes, if you win, you can just drive it home. I go, well, that's a bit of a far drive. Anyways, get home. Three days later, there's an, uh, a delivery truck delivering the car that she had mentioned earlier in the week. I was 19 years old, and I had a new car, Steve. It was awesome. That is real. What kind of car? Mic drop. It was, like, it was a small uh, Lexus. It was amazing. I didn't have a new car at that point. It was amazing. Unbelievable. We, we can thank Mattress Mac for Andy's <laughs> ride at 19 and Tennis Channel. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. He bet a million dollars on the Houston Cougars today, just so you know. Why not? Why not? Plus 900 odds. We this is what's it. coming up on Center Court tomorrow. When we come back after a quick break, we'll break down these matches. It's that time, hot shot of the day. Who was sizzling, Andy Roddick? Well, I, you know, I, I fear there weren't enough of these for Andre Rublev today, but this is all he has to do to win a point today, Steve. We just hit a perfect chip with some stick going the way and catching Novak against his movement. You know I love this camera angle. I want more of it in tennis just to see the athleticism. And you catch someone against their movement, stick it right. That was actually a fair bit inside the line. Great chip there from Rublev. Probably not quite enough Novak in full flight, but that was that was pretty that was pretty sassy. It continues the tradition. If you lose a match this week, 100% of the time you get a hot shot. So <laughs> right there you go. You get to lead off the final segment of TC Live. Here's the big matches coming up in the Green Group tomorrow. Fritz Oje Aliasim. That is for a spot in the semifinals. We send it back to Italy for a preview with Danny Prakash. 
Steve back here at DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. Be a very enticing, very exciting matchup coming between Taylor Fritz and Felix Oje Aliasima. Spot in the semifinals up for grabs. How do you think it's going to go? Well, look, a, a ton on the line here. They've both been playing big matches very well. They played once earlier this year. Only time they have met. Very tight affair. Three sets. Taylor was able to clip him, but that was on hard courts in Australia. I think this surface is going to favor Felix a little bit more. I think Taylor